Welcome to an edition of Hawk Off the Press. After the final score, I'm John Seppi, joined by the one and only Mike Kloss. We are at Kinnick a couple hours after probably one of the ugliest football games I've seen maybe ever. Well, ever is a long time. I've seen some ugly ones, but this was, uh, this was, this was different. I mean, a football game in which neither team has more than 166 yards in the year 2022. I mean, this is football from 1907. <laughs> that's just, that's crazy. Uh, but it was a crazy game. I mean, with a zero offensive touchdowns, zero touchdowns, period. You never see that, ever. I mean, watch any game on TV. You never see that. We saw it. Yeah, the only times that anybody found the end zone was on two safeties, which kind of tells you everything. Yeah, you get more points from safeties than any other <laughs> method of scoring, and you win. It's impossible, and it happened. Well, thanks to everyone in our text message group who sent in questions. Got a lot of great questions. I'll try to address a bunch of them. Um, first one... From Carter, defense is top five nationally. Offense looks same as last year. So much for Bud Meyer. And he's referring to John Bud Meyer, the offensive analyst who came in, former Wisconsin quarterbacks coach. And I think some of it, too, is maybe there was some unrealistic expectations put by a lot of people for what an analyst can do in terms of an impact on an offense, where... I think you look at it and he's only one guy who can't officially be a coach. And you look at it too, his results at Wisconsin, you wouldn't say that Wisconsin is known for their elite quarterback play either. Yeah, well, Kirk Ferentz called him like something like a gift from heaven, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, okay. Well, he's getting $90,000 for six months of work as a quote-unquote analyst. And it's nice work if you can get it, but um, they're not going to get much bang for their buck if things don't get better. Yeah. And then jumping around here to some other questions, um, a couple that kind of go together is, was part of Petrus's problem due to the offensive line? And that Bonnie asked that. And Jeff asked something similar about how it seemed like he had some good throws when the offensive line was giving him some protection. Will the offensive line improve enough to give him that time against teams like Michigan and Ohio State? It seems like, yes, there is very much a connection between the offensive line play and the lack of protection and Petrus' problems today. But he also missed some open guys and missed throws that you really would expect a fifth-year starter to make. Right, exactly. This is the guy that they've hitched their horse to, and he's going to be quarterback again Saturday against Iowa State. Uh, a lot of coaches would have pulled him at halftime. Uh, Iowa wrote him. Okay, that's this is Iowa. It's not a surprise to anybody. It's not a surprise at all. But, he, uh, yeah, he wasn't good. The offensive line was not good. And 166 yards was the result. It was, they were so lucky they won this game. They really are. I mean, I realize what a job the defense did and the punter did, but you can't. 
do what they did in major college football, 166 yards, and expect to beat anybody. And so, uh, you, you know, you towel off the flop sweat, and you say things have got to get better. But, you know, the last eight games of last season, they averaged 17 points. It's not a new phenomenon. No. Today was a step backward, obviously. I mean, it was a step into a manhole. But <laughs> but uh, this was kind of what we saw a lot last year after Iowa fell from number two in the country. They scored seven points against Purdue. They scored seven points against Wisconsin. They scored three points against Michigan. You expect better than this against South Dakota State, which is a very fine football program. And everybody knew it coming in. Nobody was shortchanging them. They knew that this was going to be a potentially very challenging game. And it certainly was. Uh, this wasn't Southeast Missouri State, the team Iowa State played. This is a team that has aspirations of playing for a national title that's, that's won a lot of national playoff games in the last 10 years. But you're Iowa, you're at home, and you got to move the football against a team like this. And this, to me, uh, was an embarrassment for, the, for an offense that had eight months to get better, not worse. Yeah, and for that second part of can the offensive line improve in time for Michigan or Ohio State, they, they, they really have, to, have to make a big jump. They have to improve in time for Iowa State. Michigan and Ohio State are, you know, it's like Christmas. It's, it's way too soon to worry about that. If that offense plays like that against Iowa State, uh, it's a 90% chance Iowa loses the game. Yeah. And you look at it, you have more scholarship guys on that defense, too, for Iowa State versus an FCS South Dakota State team as respectable as they are. Yeah. So. Well, that's just it. I mean, how many teams do you think South Dakota State's going to hold to 166 yards in the Missouri Valley Football Conference? Not very many. Maybe yeah. none. Yeah. You know? Uh, how many teams in that conference is South Dakota State going to keep out of the end zone altogether? Maybe none. Yeah. Maybe you get one or two, but... Yeah. Uh, Northern Iowa's going to score a touchdown against them, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we can belabor this, but... Look, Iowa did win the game. You know, three months from now, six months from now, 50 years from now, it's a W. But... On a day that's supposed to be about hope and dreams, about the dawn of a new season and better days ahead, with the bounce of a division championship last year, uh, this was a pretty hollow victory. Yeah. And then one quick, one more question I'll address quickly from Eric about why no other quarterback took a snap. Kirk Ferentz has a lot of faith in Spencer Petras, and we saw that today, or really not a lot of faith in Alex Padilla. It's one of those two, because as you said, a lot of teams would have made a change, and Iowa didn't. Well, people were booing throughout this game. Uh, part of it was performance-based, a big part of it was performance-based, uh, but a part of it was they wanted a quarterback change. Well, yeah, Petrus gets another half of football, in my opinion. If at halftime against Iowa State they're going nowhere, they make a change. Uh, 
maybe that won't be necessary, but uh, you can't go on like this forever. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then I'll wrap up with Norman with the perfect question, WTF. I think a lot of people have that sentiment. I do, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm I'm somebody who said in uh, today's Gazette and online that over seven and a half wins was the way to go. And I'm standing by that. This is still a, a, a sensational defense. Yeah. They still have, I mean, I, I don't know how consistent the place kicking is going to be this year, but the punting was absolutely otherworldly. Tory Taylor, uh, I think, made himself an All-America candidate Saturday if enough people saw or heard about this performance. Yeah. It was it was beyond belief. I mean, he put seven of 11 punts inside the 20, and that's great, and he averaged 48 yards, and that's great. He put four punts inside the six. That's incredible. The, the first safety of the two was because Taylor makes a punt from the 50 to the one that uh, you couldn't have walked it down there any better. No. You really couldn't. No, and it's just, its he's a freak. I, I, I said during the game, I, he must be, you know, indulging in witchcraft because <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen guys with stronger legs, but I haven't seen anybody with a leg as strong as his who also has that bizarre touch. It's, it is just extraordinary. Yeah, so we'll see if there are enough extraordinary pieces that... And what happens with the not-so-extraordinary pieces to see what happens. But that'll be it, considering that we've been in the Kinnick press box for several hours at this point. But we will be back with another episode of Hawk Off the Press during the week and then back after next week's Cyhawk game with another After the Final Score podcast. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.